Lodgecasters, welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. I'm your host, Mr. M. This is being recorded at the Lodge in Whittier, California. We're on the 13th floor, the penthouse suite of Whittier's tallest building. We can see you. We can see all the way to downtown LA. So welcome to the Lodgecast. You're tuned in to episode 16. That's right, folks. We are quickly racing to number 20. It's crazy how fast these episodes are coming along. And today we have a great, great, not just, a, I mean, he's not just a barber. He's not just a musician. I mean, this guy's well-rounded, good personality. I mean, a healthy lifestyle. We have Omar Romero. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that interview coming up a little bit later. Today is July 8th, 2017. You can find us on our website at gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the Lodgecast. On social media, on Instagram, you can find us at the Lodgecast. On Twitter, at the Lodgecast. You remember all these episodes, you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Blurberry. You can get them on our website. So not only do we have the podcast, which is the audio only portion, but we also have a vodcast. So there'll be graphics, images, videos, and whatever I put on the screen, or if you just want to see, you know, our beautiful faces, you can log in, download, stream it. So there's the vodcast and the podcast. Don't forget. This episode is sponsored by our house brand, Old Duck Grooming. There's going to be a video playing, so we'll put it on and I'll be right back. I spent hundreds of hours researching all natural ingredients and discovered for thousands of years they have been used for medicine and grooming. I also researched and found the highest quality ingredients to produce an all-natural, zero-toxin, no-chemical shave cream. My product was not developed in a laboratory or by some machine. It was developed with passion, innovation, and creativity. My product not only promotes healing, but also revitalization. The days of needing shave oil, shave cream, aftershave, and moisturizing lotion for your face are gone. Our product is an all-in-one. We sent our product to barbers from around the world and nobody has ever seen a shave cream perform and provide the nourishment and revitalization as ours does. There is nothing on the market like it today. Shaving is the most traumatic act that you can do in grooming. And that is why our product promotes healing and revitalization. Old Duck Grooming is committed to the highest quality ingredients to produce the highest quality product. Check us out at oldduckltd.com. All right, so that's that. So let me give you the latest and the greatest. I know I really haven't talked about it for a few episodes, but, uh, you know, just my situation, how I'm doing on a daily basis. Uh, you know, this week was, uh, it was a hell week for me, man. I, uh, felt like I relapsed there with, uh, this back pain and, uh, you know, just thank God that, you know, 
some of the things that I've learned along the way on how to live better and how to live healthier and, uh, you know, try to control the pain so you don't, uh, you know, freak out. Uh, you know, a lot of those things had to now be put into action again. You know, it's like, okay, just am I back at step one? Am I back at day one? And so it's, it's still a battle, man. I mean, for anybody out there, if you go through anything in life, I don't care what it, it may not even be physical pain. It may just be emotional, mental, whatever, spiritual pain, whatever you're going through. Uh, none of it's the end. It, it just, just remember, you're not going to die from the pain. So if, if you keep yourself into perspective and just, you know, find resources and take control of your 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 well-being you know don't uh just you know go off of whatever people tell you to do or you shouldn't do but take control and do a lot of research and you know life can continue you can still live a life uh maybe it's different maybe some of the things you used to do you're no longer able to do at the moment you know don't don't get stuck in that i can't trip you know which is something that's very easy to do you know because literally you're going i literally can't do something uh, just say at the moment, you know, don't let your mind get wrapped around that because then you kind of become a prisoner to those things. So that's a little update on my situation without giving too many details, but it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, something I obviously wish I wouldn't ever have gone through, but Hey, nevertheless, it's happening and, um, I'll get, I'll get on with this, you know, and we'll get through this. And so anyways, we released, uh, yesterday we released the episode with Patrick Rue from the brewery. I mean, that was a, it was a great time because here's a guy, you know, I obviously I've, I've drank his beers. I mean, old world style beers, beers you can age. And I, it was such an honor for me to bust out this, uh, what was it? A four year old bottle of black Tuesday. I mean, just keep in mind, I bought that bottle. I paid $50 for it years in 2013. I paid $50 for one bottle of beer, 750 milliliter bottle. And if I'm going to pop that bottle open four years later, cause it's aged, if I'm going to drink it with somebody, it's going to be with the actual owner of the company, the founder. So that was a great time. And I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We still have a lot more coming out. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. So that's about the latest and the greatest, uh, what we got going on here at gentlemensavenue.com. So I'd like to invite our guest, Omar Romero, onto the set. Come on down, Omar. Here we are, Omar. All right, man. How you doing? The elevator, the elevator's pretty fast here on the 13th floor, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me here, man. No, man, it's it's good to have you here. Um, uh, it's been uh, it's been a good journey. Yeah. It's, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see, if I, if I think about it, um, we probably first, I don't know, maybe met or just started talking maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, yeah, I wanted to write about the, the barbershop, right? And uh, and then we, we, you know, eventually we coordinated something and throughout the years, because your barbershop is located right there in Silver Lake, right? Yes. It's Just called... in the outskirts of uh, Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. It's on Virgil Village. And uh, it's called Vinny's Barbershop. Vinny's Barbershop. Yes. Cool, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's grown a lot. Yeah. Right? It has, fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole area is changing, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of new businesses popping up mm-hmm. and uh, different... different uh, D- different um you know walks of life opening up mm-hmm. businesses and it's just really nice yeah. um sure it's pushing some people out um and it's very unfortunate uh, a lot of people are complaining about that but you know the, these places were really run down and uh it's kind of nice to see that you know there's money and that means you know when there's more money in, in, the, in those parts of towns then we can get crosswalks we can mm-hmm. get 
you know, the lines painted on the on the ground to keep people safer and mm-hmm. families safer that are actually still living there. You know, at one point I was living across the street or my family and I, and we mm-hmm. had to move out because it was just too dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. The area, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, from what I can remember first going there, it was, it was, I remember if I walked down to the little marqueta right there, a yeah. little market on the street, it, it just smelled like somebody's pissing out there. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It smelled now, like piss and. That, that was funny that you say that because the the one thing that that made it, that frustrated me so much, and I told my wife like, we got to get out of here, we got to mm-hmm. get the hell out of here, because we were walking down the street, we were going to that market that you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, just to get some tortillas or whatever. Yeah. And uh, there was a a guy there. He just pulled out his stuff and and uh, started taking a leak. And I was like, <laughs> like right, like, like no shame, right? Yeah, like no shame, but like. Uh, you have to go. You have to go. But yeah. like it was broad daylight. My, um, you know, that guy's penis was like right in my son's face. It Damn. like literally it was just like bloop. And I was, I was like, that's it. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's bad. But it's good <laughs> because it is changing. It's changing for the better. Yeah. Well, like you said, there there is some, there's some resistance. I think a while back, a couple of years ago, I think I even read or saw in the news where people were like, you know, slashing tires of these. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah, people trying, they perceive, to, right? Yeah, trying to trying to like fight the people, trying yeah. to intimidate them, and they realize like it's not the '90s anymore, man. Like yeah. you know, you can pull it closer. You know. The whole thing was swivel arm, so it'll. Uh, so yeah, like uh, a lot of these guys are like the the local cholos or whatever, realizing like people aren't really scared of you anymore, man. This isn't the '90s. You're yeah, not packing yeah. so much heat. You yeah. know, everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got a camera, and a lot of people, <laughs> you know, like you know, you know, everybody thinks like all oh, these uh, quote like you no know, quote. The hipsters or whatever mm-hmm. they're you know whatever they a lot of these guys you know they, they do mma they, they you know what i mean yeah. they get pissed off yeah, they too. may have a man bun but they'll take you down they'll, they'll you know and that'll be embarrassing and you're a tough <laughs> cholo with tattoos in your face and you get beat up by a man bun like with the capri pants yeah or short shorts like mine <laughs> uh, yeah because vinnie's barbershop there I, I like the setup because it, it's a little bit above the street level mm-hmm. right maybe like a foot mm-hmm. above street level and when you first started, you just had it, basically the building is like a U, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, what is there a house or residence uh, above? Two apartments on top, and then um, two apartments behind it mm-hmm. as well. So that's why it separates in the middle there, because mm-hmm. you know they have this the staircase. Okay, okay, yeah. So that makes sense then. So then, because you started on one side and you mm-hmm. had what uh, five chairs in there. Well, we started with three. Yeah, originally. Originally, we, yeah. It was, but yeah, it was so there's five, and then. You know, kept having a lot of my friends like, hey, man, we, what's up? I really want to work and this and that. I want to be a part of this. And I was thinking like, hey, man, like we're really busy. Customers are complaining, mm-hmm. complaining that you couldn't get, in, couldn't get in. So I was like, let's, I guess let's extend our hours, start saving up some dough. We'll try to buy out the, the business next to us. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. <laughs> yeah, because it was a furniture business, I think, if I remember. Yeah, it was a used furniture business. Yeah. And uh, so the, the person that wanted to... Well, the first person that asked me, like, like I want to get a job in this and that, blah, blah, here. And because he was moving from Texas was uh, my compadre, Victor Bañuelos' mm-hmm. uh, cousin, which is uh, Manny. So I was like, listen, man, I don't I don't really have some dough. We can do whatever we can. But, you know, you want to mm-hmm. loan me some money and then we'll do it. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll just pay for my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, you know, he loaned me the money. We opened, you know, that was enough to buy it. Uh, the furniture store out next door yeah because you guys you guys just celebrated what your five years five years yeah. but you've been barbering for how long uh with my apprenticeship and all that stuff it's about 16 or actually 16 years 16 years yeah 16 years barbering so you've you've obviously seen the massive 
change. Oh, yeah. In barbering. Yeah, the growth and all that stuff, yeah. More like an explosion. Yeah, it was an explosion, man, out of nowhere. I, didn't, I was like, what the, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. man, I remember they used to tell people, um, yeah, I'm a barber. Like, oh, really? <laughs> and now they're like, oh, wow, cool, man. And start talking to me about it. I'm like, I, you, you know, two years ago, you would have been blowing me off thinking yeah. I'm a loser or something. Yeah, now, now you get all the, yeah, you get the accolades. Cause yeah. It's a socially, man, it's like a, like a socially hip, I don't know, man. Maybe the the culture, the culture makers, the culture, the trendsetters. Mm. It became like a subculture type deal. Like, you know, and then there's like little cultures in in it too. Like, Mm -hmm. so you have like the hip hop barbers, Mm -hmm. then you have the, like the old school, new school barbers. Then you have just like us who are jaded, just like, (laughs) okay, this is my day job. I love it, but come on, I got to go home. Well, isn't your, your shop's logo or slogan a, just, it's what is it? it's, it's just, a haircut. It's, yeah, it's a haircut. Yeah, Vinny's Barbershop. It's a haircut. <laughs> but a damn good haircut, I got to say. Well, thank you. Uh, because basically two of the people that you've influenced into barbering uh, were my previous barbers. Obviously, mm-hmm. Carlos Gomez, the late, great Carlos Gomez. And Angel is now my barber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Angel Hernandez. Yeah, see, it's funny because it took a long time for me to convince Angel to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was actually my, my model when I went to take my skateboard exam. <laughs> and I told him, like, hey, man, quit goofing around. I just, yeah. I'll teach you whatever I know. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. So it took a long time, man. I think like t- over 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And then I finally convinced him. Mm. And, uh, well, he's a, he's a damn good barber now. Yeah. I think I even saw it was funny because he had he made a post the other day. It was my haircut, but you no, I don't know if you could tell, but it was my from the the back of my head. Yeah. And you commented something like, You're getting better at these. Yeah. <laughs> I kinda laughed because I was like, Hey, it's my hair. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh but you 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 I mean you so you're in barbering, you got into barbering, but you've been into music a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. How long have you been into music? I mean, I started messing around with the guitar. You know, when I was seven, eight years old, mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as you know, I kept I kept getting in trouble at school. Not because I was a bad kid, mm-hmm. but because I uh, I was just not into it, man. Yeah. The, the teachers would it, there was nothing interesting about mm-hmm. it, and everything that I was learning, I was like doing my own stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like doing my own research. Like I was getting into like like weird political things because you know I'm not from this country. I'm a resident right now, and. And uh, so I was like, why am I getting punked all the time? Why am I getting bullied and made fun mm-hmm. of? So I got into that kind of stuff. So that, that was more interesting to me. And then like learning about rights and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, what are you guys doing like at this school? Anyway, so at that point, I was like, I got to do something with my life because I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want to work these jobs that these these teachers are pushing me to do. I said, I want to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And, but with that, I want to learn how to be uh, like how to be around the world and how to be known, and then and then when I when I started doing that, when I, when I decided to quit high school and do that, mm-hmm. I realized like okay, well I need a, a job. I said I've always liked hair since mm-hmm. I was you know the same age as a, as a kid. So I was like okay, then I guess I'll pursue barbering because mm-hmm. first of all I can't get a good haircut. You know I've always liked having sharp hair. You know mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was it was weird. I was it was one of those kids. You know like at yeah. nine years old grooming myself and everybody would make fun of me at school but i'm like you know the girls are bullying me because they like me mm-hmm. like and all the other boys are jealous yeah, Shut yeah. Up, man. <laughs> <laughs> which is one thing you i from like people that i've seen whether it's uh 
video clips that I have of you or photos of you, the one comment everybody says is that hair. <laughs> I mean, everyone's just is always blown away by by your hair because most people nowadays, right? They do the the super short haircuts. Mm. You know, the sides are are short, uncombable. Mm-hmm. You know, basically a high and tight, whatever. And so you your hair is just longer. I mean, it's able to be combed the sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a style to it. But your dad was a musician, right? Yeah, he, my dad was a musician. Yeah, uh, he played bass in a surf band, mm-hmm. and uh, he played around with the guitar. He, you know, he showed me how to do like a twelve bar blues on E and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I picked it up from there. But I, you know, he always listened to music. And my mom, she used to sing when I, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we we're always a big music family. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was the only one that like went for it because I'm an all or nothing guy. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna go all the way until I burn yeah. out. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's how you got into it. Yeah, and it's it's taking you on to, obviously you you got started recording mm-hmm. at a young age. What were you about sixteen? Yeah, about Six, like sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I um, well, my friend uh, Rip Carson, he he used to do home recordings, and mm-hmm. then I was like, wow, dude, like where are you learning this stuff? And it was like on a cassette tape, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes, oh, you know, he was hanging out with Mark Neal, the uh, engineer, and so he would pick up, you know, pointers from him. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just watch him. I wouldn't ask him much. I'd just watch him and watch him and watch him. And then I started doing that on my own at home. Mm-hmm. And then it just picked up from there. So I'm like a amateur. I'm a professional amateur <laughs> recording. <laughs> well, when, you, when you started, but now. I mean, you, I, you, I, I still consider myself the amateur. It's like something that I really love to do. And as time is going by, I feel like I'm getting uh, better you know, because before I used to be just, I just wanted the rockabilly sound. I wanted the authentic mm-hmm. 50 sound. And then started, you know, getting into a bigger sound, a bigger sound, a little more late 50s, mm-hmm. you know. And now we're like messing with different types, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still, I'm. it's like it's like with barbering. I'm going to continue to grow with it. I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to learn. And I'm not trying to stay in the same spot, you know, and say, oh, this is what we do. No, I, I want to do better. Yeah. And then necessarily, I don't want to get better equipment. We don't need yeah. to. It sounds good. You know, if it sounds good, why, you know, you don't need to spend money on stuff. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I I think that's the professional result is probably more important that mm-hmm. it's the best of your ability mm-hmm. versus having the label like, oh, I'm a professional XYZ or I'm a, I think it took me a while to get used to be able to tell myself that I'm a writer because mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, you know, or an editor or a filmmaker. I just always was like, oh, I just. You know, but at a certain point, it was like, no, but that describes what I do, mm-hmm. you know, so I have to embrace it, even though there's didn't go to school for it. You yeah. Know? A whole lot of YouTube videos. Later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny that that's that's always the, the way I feel about everything that I do is mm-hmm. like I just ride bikes. I'm not a I'm not a full blown cyclist, per yeah. se, but I, I mean, I'm really into it on different yeah. kinds of cycling, too. I'm really into mu- uh, recording music but i don't really like to call myself an engineer mm-hmm. well i'm a pretty good barber so i guess i can say i'm a barber because i own a mm-hmm. shop and all that stuff but i don't really like to give myself that kind of like uh, labels yeah. labels and stuff like that because then, then then people's expectations are too high or whatever mm-hmm. i just want people to just dig what i do if they dig it yeah. you know not just like just because they're they're supposed to like look at me and be like okay well he's an engineer let's hear his stuff no just <laughs> critique just, me. just listen to the song yeah. that it's, you're listening to yeah. don't dig into it because then yeah they'll become well there's always people like monday morning quarterbacks right people yeah. that just want to sit there and critique for the sake of critiquing not necessarily that they do it yeah you know because it's like cycling you mentioned cycling but 
you ride bikes. I mean, like I, I could say I ride a bike, mm-hmm. but no, you ride a bike. Yeah. You do it like what? what's, didn't you take a, was it Paso Robles or what'd you do? Oh yeah. Uh, last year it was a, went to Paso Robles, did a hundred miles on a vintage bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no, no professional gear really. It's just like the, all the old stuff that was around from forties to the seventies, mm-hmm. wool, everything. And, and it was a hundred miles. It was tough, man. That was tough. And I've ridden to San Diego a few times and. Wait, you've ridden from L.A. to San Diego. What? Yeah, it's like nine hours. It's fun, you know. Halfway there, you're just kind of thinking, like, why do I do this? This sucks. <laughs> I'm burning up. I'm starving. <laughs> but when you get when you get down there and you're like feeling all feverish and all that stuff, you're just kind of like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of that that sense of life, that lifestyle of doing something and setting a goal and achieving it. Yeah, you know, and it may not be the one that everybody was trendy or not you know mm-hmm. you're doing it because it's your passion you i mean what do you get when you ride your bike i mean what are you getting out of it i'm getting uh what i do is my solitude just me by myself with my thoughts mm-hmm. and i get to break everything down in my head and i feel i get that that kind of like feeling that i'm kind of running away from things like getting away from things and by that i'm not saying like my problems i'm saying like i'm kind of I don't have my phone on vibrate or ringer on. Mm-hmm. I have it in my jersey and it's just sitting there just in case of an emergency. So I can detach myself from that for that while. Because I can say I hate, you know, I'm starting to hate internet and, and social media and stuff like that. But I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. sit on the, like if I'm at home, I'll sit on the couch and then I'm watching TV and whatever's boring me, I'll get on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like looking at Instagram. It's like, why? I don't have time for this. Why am I doing it? Yeah. So what I get out of the satisfaction is that I can detach myself and do something that I love. Mm-hmm. And it's like making me healthy. It's clearing my mind. It's uh, making me stronger. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a creative outlet for you because not only are you barbering, which is some people would argue, oh, it's an art. It's mm-hmm. whatever, right? But um, it's still your job. And then you're, if you're in the studio, uh what, what do you do you call yourself a producer engineer what do you call yourself uh, or, or what would it be Did, let's just put the, the actual term descriptive term i don't want to call it a label. I, I don't know i guess if it was technical i guess engineer but i'm just a button pusher man and no, i just I, yeah I, i've heard i've heard from the guys i've heard mm. from the guys you you will walk out of the booth and be like no play it like this yeah <laughs> you know so you're you're to me, you're that's more of a producer role to yeah. be able to sit there now, not only just push the buttons, hit record, set the levels, yeah. but you're actually now tailoring yeah. the sound. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of times I get in arguments with the guys and all that stuff, but <laughs> at the yeah. end of it, it's just like I'm listening to it. Like a lot of the times I don't like to hear the bands, like if they have new songs and Reb Kennedy will send me the, the, the links to their song. I don't want to hear it. I want it to be as natural and pure and as fresh as possible. Mm-hmm. If they're doing a cover, I don't want to hear the original co- uh, of the cover. And so that way we can work it out together and we can have that and it'll be, you know, theirs and I guess ours, you know, and... Yeah. Um, I mean, I do, I do argue with the guys and I will get out of the booth. And if I can't voice what I'm saying, I'll use my hands. I'm like, do this. And, you know, <laughs> or you'll grab the actual instrument. Yeah. And go, just, this no, is what I want no, you no, to no. do. Just try it like this and I'll grab it. And some people get bothered by it, but <laughs> man, you know, you know what you're getting, man. I'm not a professional like yeah. that. I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to get your sound the best out there. Hands you know? on. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and as creative as possible because, you know, we do, that's the one thing that we do traditional. There's eight tracks. It's on tape. 
you know, and you know, most of the recordings are live, so it's like, okay, let's get the best thing. We're not we're not documenting a, mm-hmm. a live concert here. We're actually gonna make it sound a little bit bigger than what you guys sound live. You know, let's add three guitars. You know, let's do that. Some mm-hmm. guys would be like, oh man, but we're a rock and roll band. Like, yeah. So we're you know everybody else, man. You yeah. Know? Doesn't mean it has to sound shitty. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know like. We have some young guys that are like, oh, I want that like authentic sound. It's like that sounds authentic because they didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. They didn't explore. Yeah. If they had that, they would, you know, they would they would have done it. Yeah, they would have. They, and because the 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 studio, Wild Records, mm-hmm. is uh, state of the art, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's great. It's great because it's still that sense of doing it because you can, mm-hmm. you know, and figuring out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I always tell Matt here, the camera operator, we talk about film work or whatever. And I go, there's people that own a fifteen or $20,000 camera, mm-hmm. but they don't have the skill set to put it to good use. Yeah, because they're too busy working to get the money to buy this it, mm-hmm. this instrument or material thing or this thing to supposedly that's going to make them better. Like, no mm-hmm. way, dude. <laughs> like, if you're a terrible driver and you drive a like a, a new Tesla or a... a, a whatever alpina bmw you're still going to be a terrible driver man you're just you're just driving a a loaded shotgun (laughs) you know what i mean yeah but if if you're a good driver you're driving like a 82 tercel or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're just good you're good Mm -hmm. you know you make it happen it gets you to point a to point b it's it's doing making it happen because of the determination yeah not because you threw money i mean people look at the 13th floor here the marble towel yeah. You know, floor, you know, the, the nice the gold trim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but that's life, right? Yeah. If you want to make something happen, you can make it happen. You can learn it. Yeah. Maybe not tell yourself you are the quote unquote professional, but that you're able to do it with determination. Yeah. Because it's your passion. Yeah. Whether it's riding a bike, right? I'm sure you saw these guys at Paso Robles with Bikes that are probably you know oh yeah and they're down walking payment on a yeah and they're they're walking those bikes you know because yeah. they're like they they can't they don't have the stamina and all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it's just like anything man like there's these barbers out there that have like the best tools and mm-hmm. the new gadgets and the wrist guard that has the magnetic for the clips and and it's like that's that's cool and all that man but like <laughs> you know how about let's just get back to the basics it's not about the yeah. image of the place you know that comes that's 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 almost last you know but i think at a certain point people have to say that is not cool yeah. okay a headlamp unless you're a miner yeah. or you're like you know working under a car at night or something yeah. <laughs> a yeah, headlamp just, is necessary it's, right it's so blowhardy you know they're like <laughs> like self aggrandizing like what are, you, what are you doing dude like you know you got like a scuba suit now like these gloves and this yeah, like you said, the headlamp. Like, relax, dude. Just cut the hair, man. Like for for ages, yeah, yeah. for ages, it's been one way. Like you're gonna be the single handed, like the the one person that makes a big outbreak. And yeah. uh, you're not gonna be. No. Rem- I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of people will not be remembered for the flashy things. That, uh, you know, the one thing that'll be remembered is the moments that you had with people, mm-hmm. and um, you know, in, in your work. Mm-hmm. It's not like for for me. I don't look at it like for me. Success, I say it over and over again. Success is not likes on social media. Success is not knowing X Y Z people in life. Mm-hmm. Success is completing what I start. Yeah, and as long as I complete it, then I've been successful. Even small victories are a big. They're yeah. a big important role in your life. Like you need that. 
you know. Which I think if most people, whether it's barbering, tattooing, or whatever other trendy thing is happening, that if you look at it... Welding, I mean... Yeah. Whatever it is you're doing, that you do it be, for the long haul too, right? I mean, if you're doing it as a hobby for shits and kicks, okay then, man. That's awesome too. Yeah. But if you're doing it for the for the long haul, for 15, 20 years down the road, then you got to go, it's the people that I'm dealing with mm-hmm. that's going to make it or break it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if I'm a dick and I'm screwing people left and right, then that's going to be an empty chair and I'm just going to be sitting here talking to myself. Yeah. The crazy thing is that, I don't know, a lot of, it seems like nowadays a lot of people, I don't know, man, they, they, they kind of go for that. Like, even if somebody's like, you know, if there's a, excuse me, a terrible barber or something like that, he's like mean and condescending and kind of just money hungry and just has all these suits and these weird things and all not that we know any like that yeah not that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they still have people in their chair and stuff like that Mm -hmm. we're living in this weird i don't know man i don't want to go down the crazy road but you know with with, you know going back to the whole social media thing and all that stuff like you know everybody just that's the only thing that's important and then just to say like oh i got my haircut by so and so or Mm -hmm. so i went to so and so's concert even though they cancel bookings Mm-hmm. You know, last minute all the time, or you know, whatever. People are still going for it. I, I just don't understand it. Everything's so tits up or topsy turvy. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's experience based now. Yeah, it's becoming okay. Check that off. I did that, or I can say I did it, mm. or I can post it, do a selfie, check in at wherever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. It's for me, like with Angel. Mm. You know, to me, it's like when I go to my barber, it's like. I'm not here. We don't do selfies together. Mm-hmm. I think I finally did the other day. I told him, I said, you know, Angel, I regret never taking a picture with Carlos when I was here. We never did. I just mm-hmm. always felt it was corny, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, you, but you have that here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's in here and here. You have that. Nobody will ever take that away. Yeah. If but you, If you yeah. had that picture and you lost it or whatever it may be or somebody gives a negative comment, yeah. then it takes away from the magic. No, I didn't post one. it. I didn't post the Angel's yeah. picture, but I just took it because I said I wanted to because to me, it's like at least I have... Mm-hmm. that memory ingrained digitally yeah. somewhere. I don't have to post it, in other words. Mm. And I think that maybe that's what people are doing. Maybe they're doing it because they feel that it gives them validation. Credibility. Like yeah, right? right? That yeah. now my friends will see, and now I have worth. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm trending. Mm-hmm. Oh, I showed up on Instagrams. What is that? Uh, Explorer. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trending. Things come up. And to me, it's not even about that. And I don't, and I know for you too, because like you said, we're all jaded there at the shop. And I, mm. I, I think it's the way I've seen it for the last few years that I've been going to your shop to photograph, mm. film at your shop is I think that's what barbershops are supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be to a certain level real where you're like, you're, you're one of the signs you have there. It says no religion, no politics. Mm-hmm. And I think no cell phones. Yeah, no phones during service. Yeah. yeah. Like in the chair. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know, it may offend, but like other shots would be like, oh, my customers, they're yeah. going to get hurt. Or, and I, I remember you did, you did a post when, I think when Trump won, mm. and I think you, you reinforced like, hey, no politics. Yeah. Like, I said the, 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 when he, when he won over, it's like one day, we're going to just have one day where people can, you know, bet, grieve, yeah. grieve or be happy or whatever. So, but after that, we're done because it's such a big <laughs> yeah. thing, and it's like it's it, you can't like not talk about it. And I understand. I said, but the moment somebody gets out of hand or opposes mm-hmm. anything, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, 
I mean, no, everybody just kind of kept quiet yeah. about it. Everybody was just kind of shocked and stuff. So it was cool. It was cool that, you know, yeah. we gave them the option. And it's not because I want to control people, but I just wanted, to, you know, I always just want to take care of everybody. I just want, I don't care, man. I, I don't want to dislike you because you're, because of your religion or because, or, or have any kind of judgment on you. Yeah. The only reason why I would judge you is that if you're always late or you cancel last minute, mm-hmm. because like if, if I know that you're not, if you don't have a partner or kids or a crazy job, like if I know who you are and what you do, mm-hmm. like that's the only way I'll judge you and think like, man, you're a dick. Yeah, disregarding my service. Yeah, my, my service and my time is valuable. Or you know, as barbers, or time is money. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to have that. I just don't want to have that wall of, between me and any customer, or client, or whatever yeah. that comes through that door. Because I want to love and respect everybody. Because they're loving and respecting our place uh, enough to even come in. That, you know. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think. Um, also, right, because you're, you're saying about, and Matt just brought up right now to me, about when they're texting in the chair. Yeah. Right? I mean, can that, that's a distraction. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm nosy. Mm-hmm. I'm nosy. So if you're going to be texting, I'm going to look <laughs> over, man. You know? And it's like, it's not because I'm a, uh, it's just a habit. It's just a thing. And yeah. I, I just don't want that. N- not only that, but you're like pointing your head down. It's like, pick your head up, man, for once, you know, because yeah. you're going to be walking around with your head up. I want to give you the proper haircut. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not cutting your hair. I don't want to cut your hair all messed yeah. up because you're just pointing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all things. And, and that barber's good and bad. Maybe they're going to offend people, but they should. I think at a certain point, say... At least for your shop, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, you're, that's the thing is you're not preaching to other shops. No. Everybody, the whole trade, the whole craft or art, whatever, needs to do it the way I do it. You're saying this is my business. Mm-hmm. As a businessman, these are, this is the protocol that I'm comfortable with for, and not for your sake, but for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. And that, it's think, a better haircut and you get to detach yourself from that and just enjoy your day, your life, at least for at least for 30 minutes. It's a better environment, I think, right? Versus- yeah, it is, man. Like, you know, I've, I've seen it. I've been to shops where the guys are on their phone and then they're like, oh, check this out. And they show the barber and then they show it and pass it and pass it and pass mm-hmm. it and pass it and pass it. And it's just like, I mean, we, we do that sometimes. We'd be like, hey, man, did you, hear, did you hear about so-and-so? And then we'll whip it up and everybody... You know, I always make sure to tell everybody, like, show everybody, then show all the customers, show everybody <laughs> sitting around, even, yeah. you know, children, and if they want to see it, too, if it's appropriate, of yeah. course. Um, yeah, man, because it's just it's too much separation, man. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still human beings, you know, as in a barbershop. We're, we're, we're people, you know? Yeah. You guys got to enter. It's a society within a society. Yeah. At and, least and, for a few moments, And right? the, the, the other, yeah, and the other important thing, too, is that, I like I like the barbershop still being kind of a mystery to some people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want everything that, that's going on inside the shop to go out there. You know, because sometimes you know we're sharing stories that should stay in the barbershop, mm-hmm. not because it's like that's the man thing to do, but it's because you know somebody's trusting about their feelings or their mm-hmm. day or whatever, and they're, they're sharing it or whatever. Just leave it at that, man. If you were there, you got it. If you weren't, too bad. Maybe next time. Yeah. You know, it's just like you know that was putting me off with doing music too for for a good while. Is that People, you know, they don't even watch a show. They don't even enjoy the show. They, they make a video just to post it. And it's like, dude, you're never going to watch this show. You're mm-hmm. never going to look at this video. You're just going to post it up so people can give you credit. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but it's taken away from any kind of magic that can happen. I'm not saying that my performances change people's lives. Mm-hmm. But if I did something kind of crazy or said something whatever or made a joke, I can't ever say it again because it's... It's gonna yeah. be on on YouTube or on Instagram. Well, it is it is hard because 
when you're behind a camera, whether it's a cell phone or mm-hmm. camera, you're more about, you know, framing, keeping your hands still mm-hmm. versus enjoying the experience of yeah. live music or whatever it is you're recording. Yeah. It's hard for you to enjoy it. And you brought your guitar along. Yeah. Which is awesome, man. Because <laughs> I, I was like, all right, man, it, you know. I don't. I didn't want. I don't like pressuring people. You know, I like people coming here. It's a casual conversation, man. We're just. Yeah. I. I these are my notes, as you can see. There's not <laughs> two things on there. <laughs> the, date the date and the yeah. episode number. If you guys want to see, <laughs> it, you know, I, yeah, literally. I, because to me, it's always about letting things just be natural as possible. Yeah. And uh, because you've been playing music and you've played all around the world. Yeah. Uh, what has been your favorite place? I mean. Little bits and pieces of everywhere, man, everywhere. But I'd have to say where I'm most relaxed for some reason it would be uh, Portugal. Mm-hmm. I really dig Portugal, Germany. Everybody's really nice there, and I have a you know Germany's special to me because my son lives there. Mm-hmm. You know, Vinny, Vinny, and um, yeah. But every 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 place has something special. Like France, the the fans there, or like the people that go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I don't even like calling them fans. Yeah. <laughs> People that go to my show, yeah. um, they uh, they're really into it. They're really supportive, and they're really. They, I mean, sometimes they'll outdo us, you know, mm-hmm. with their own antics on on the side of the stage. Because your 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 genre of music mm-hmm. uh, is rockabilly, yeah, and rock and roll. I mean, it's early rock and roll. I mean, they yeah, yeah. Uh, the the rockabilly is probably more of a term. Uh, that yeah for that special kind of style of rock and roll yeah right yeah yeah and you've played all around the world europe throughout europe mm-hmm. uh you played latin america or anywhere or i just mexico mexico yeah. but you played at the you played at the Roca calavera uh, yeah rock calavera yeah yeah rock calavera. that was a fun man those, and that was people, a huge show right it's huge man people were nuts it was fun everybody gets into it and the people in mexico are you know they're they're happy people, so it's good. Because the, the the musical audience, we'll uh-huh. call them the musical audience yeah. of this style of music, is it different than the, those that are here in the United States, uh, around the world? Yeah, like in other places in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like something that they look forward to. You know, mm-hmm. I feel. I feel. I don't know. I'm not from other parts of the world. Uh, but you could tell. I mean, you, you yeah. could see the like. Yeah, they're, like they they they're waiting. Mm-hmm. for this show and they go to the show and they really like it seems like they mean it when they're out you know what i mean they're like conganas they're out there mm-hmm. dancing away and that's going back to the cell phone thing i've noticed that whenever we do play out there and stuff like that people don't really have their phones out mm-hmm. people are just not worried about that they have their phones in more and more so lately i mean i guess if you're out and about and all that stuff, people are like you know and they're taking snapchats and Instagram pictures and stuff like that, but not of the show, not mm-hmm. of the concerts, which is really nice. It's really fun, mm-hmm. you know. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, we had um, we had some barbers from Portugal. Mm-hmm. They were here in the U.S. with Jimmy from Shiner Gold. Yeah, uh, Figaro's. They came by. They're there in Lisboa, and uh, you know it, it's interesting to see because their shop is obviously phenomenal. Yeah, uh, the dude was like uh, Fabio was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. in london and left it to go into barbering yeah and it, he was david beckham's thing and even with him we were talking i think even off camera it was a like you're saying there has to be some stuff that's left to a mystery in the shop mm-hmm. because i was kind of asking him not like you know give me the cheese on david beckham but it was just he had a very like 
every relationship should be with the barber. There's some trust, Mm -hmm. (laughs) secrecy to it. You know, it was just like, hey, so how was he or whatever? And he was very reserved Mm -hmm. in the answers he gave me because he understood whether David Beckham or anybody else that's in the chair. Mm -hmm. The barber doesn't go like the town fucking gossip queen. I got, I got, right? yeah, I got some, I got some famous people that I won't yeah. even say their name, and uh, they trust me. Mm. You know, uh, I'm not sure if I give them the best haircut every time because I'm a person. You know, I'm a human, yeah. but they, they, they love and respect me because I love and respect them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the thing. And uh, a lot of a lot of new age barbers are not, uh, they're not into that. You know, they they like to boast about it. And it's yeah, just posting like, right away, right? This is my yeah, chair. Yeah, this is my chair. Uh, they're in a hotel room. They're posting a picture of the hotel room, like just waiting for so and so. And it's like, dude. Yeah, you already got the job. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. You're already getting yeah. paid well. You're doing it. Why? Why? Mm. That's know? true. That's true. And see that, that those are the things I keep encouraging uh, barbers to you know with tact, of course, but because it's it's that sense of you have years under your belt, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not one year out of barber college, barber tattoo on your face yeah. and the shears, and nothing wrong with that. If you're learning and mentor, getting mentored still, because like you said earlier, you're always going to learn. And I think sometimes, I mean, hell, I have a mentor in what I do. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's older, who's been in a lot of things and has a lot more experience, who I even ask questions. Yeah. And I learn a shitload from this guy. And I think barbering probably lacks to a great degree that because everybody goes, well, I got... My license, it's hanging. I've been for a year. I've made it. Yeah. I I don't need to learn any more skill set. Because one thing about your shop, too, that I haven't really found, at least in my travels, anywhere else, is the apprenticeship model. Mm-hmm. Which is, well, actually, you even have a porter. Mm-hmm. Which, even though people may think, right, is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, which is, he, the, the porters are very, very important. Mm-hmm. The, mm. You have a porter, which would be, I guess, we'd consider entry yeah. level. Then you have an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Then you have full-fledged barbers. Yeah. Which is, to me, I, like I said, I, I cannot think of another shop that not only that I've interviewed or emailed or contacted mm-hmm. in the world that has it. Yeah. And I know quite a few shops. But yeah. that builds that. That builds the sense of one person learning from another mm-hmm. and hands-on to a great degree. Yeah, and it's just like you know, handing down the torch, I guess you can say, and the do's and don'ts. And I always tell my apprentices, like, look, I want you to, you know, you give me an ass angel. I tell them, okay, I want to see how you do. Let's, let, let, you know, start cutting and start doing all that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you just ruin ruin what, everything. And then I'll walk you through it and show you what, what, um, what you did wrong and how, what kind of shortcuts you can take or better steps mm-hmm. or uh, more effective steps. And because uh, I don't ever, I don't ever want to make everybody be like me. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that I do works for myself, and it doesn't have to work for everybody else. And I'm aware of that, so I, I, I try to uh, be a mentor with like teaching them their own way. So like mm-hmm. I'm also learning from them to see how I can speak to them mm-hmm. and how I can teach them, or I can uh, try to mold them into certain other things. You know, or help them find themselves mm-hmm. in the barbering world. You know. Um, yeah, and um, we, you know, both porters right now, they already started their apprenticeship program. I have mm-hmm. another apprentice there right now. And once once these guys are done, it's going to be, you know, three guys that went to barber school with with our encouragement. Mm-hmm. And 
six through the apprenticeship program. Oh. That's pretty, for me, that's, it's pretty amazing because I decided to open up the shop for three, you know, for three barber chairs to 10 and now apprentices like coming in, learning stuff. And even other barbers that have come in, you know, have another guy, Drew Castro, who opens up Castro's down the street from, from our place. It's like, mm-hmm. like a mile or two away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people, you know, some people ask me like, dude, did that bother you? I'm like, no. In fact, I'd like, I help them out with everything I can. You need a barber chair here. Here you go, man. Or, you know, some, you know, yeah, yeah. something or other. And we send people over there too, you know, whenever, whenever we're booked. And that to me, that, that makes me very happy. I was like, no, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, get bothered by that because mm-hmm. it, it is pretty close to the shop. But he had his own clientele because he has his personality and they're going to follow him because they like him. Yeah, you know, whether, whether they, he's down the street yeah, or two miles or three miles away, yeah, people are like, still going to go to him. Yeah, so it, when he was when he was working at my shop, his customers were going to him, and now they're going to him over there. Yeah, and they're like, oh, but you know, these you know other referrals and this and that. Well, yeah, this is L.A. Like, there's millions of people. Yeah, I can't cut everybody's hair. Like Thirteen million people. I think Man, last we, I checked. Yeah, we can't cut everybody's hair. Yeah. What's the problem? Like, well, do you want to work? Do you really want to work your ass off? Stress yourself out. <laughs> Or do you want to do like set amount, like, you know, X amount of haircuts in that day. You go home, you still have energy, you play with your kids or go on a date with your old lady or your, your partner, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, and, and and live normal. Yeah. Or do you want to just like take, 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 take? Yeah, there's only, because eventually you're going to have to turn people away. You have to turn people away, yeah. And that's that's not good customers. I think Drew, I think when I first met him, he was a porter. No, no, he, he was a radio oh, was, bar- was he a barber? Who yeah. was it? Uh, Santiago. Santiago, Santiago, yeah, and he's a Luis. He, Luis, he's he's almost done with his. Uh, Santiago, he's licensed now. But did, did Luis start as a porter too, or did yeah, he, he started as a porter. As and well. Santiago, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. We have to go down the list. But that's see, that's that's one of the things. And a porter is obviously what's the porter's responsibility? Just in case anybody's wondering what a port barbershop porter is. Okay. Um, well, we started calling them porters. I mean, because this is this is the right term for it um the description yeah yeah because usually they call them shop boys and stuff like that. these aren't boys these are men you know <laughs> these are these are grown men with families <laughs> so uh they, they they greet the customers make sure all the, the floors are clean the shop is clean they answer the phones they they greet the people get them their drinks coffee water whatever if somebody forgot to pay the meter they go pay the meter if they need to move the car they'll go out there and move mm-hmm. the car for them i mean they, they they keep the shop together basically so we can come in plug our tools in, cut the hair, and go home. And they're doing all the, the, the hard the hard stuff, you know, which is dealing with, with customers. And I'm not saying that because I'm not a people person. I'm saying that because cutting hair and trying to sort people out mm-hmm. is very, very hard. It's very trying, and it, and it burns you out. It makes you just not want to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah, because you're, you're, I think... When I what I saw there too is they get the co- make coffee. I mean, they they make sure the towels. I mean, they basically make sure the shop keeps running. Yeah. So you can cut hair. Yeah. Which if I think that's great because then I sometimes I see a barber they have to stop cutting. They don't have no towels. Yeah. And I'm thinking I, maybe they should have got prepared. Whatever. I don't know. But they make sure that everything else is working so that the, when you sit in a chair, you're going to get a cut. Yeah. But the barber didn't have to get up. Or answer the, the phone. phone. Answering the phone is the hardest one. Dude, that's one of the ones. And I'm always like, you know, that, that yeah. that's, yeah. Or if the phone's right next to them and they don't answer it and then somebody has to come across the way. You know, I'm always like, but anyways. So that's what porters do. And it's not, I, I think it's as much as it is the first step into the barbershop, in your shop at least. I think it's as vital 
and I, I think it builds that sense of if a guy can't be a porter. Yeah. I mean, how good of a barber would he be if, yeah. he's, if he yeah. can't? Right away, you learn people skill. Mm-hmm. And people start to like you and trust you. And then, you know, with Santiago, um, right away, we'd say like, oh, man, we're booked up. But Santiago started, you know, would you mind sitting with him like customers mm-hmm. of ours for years? Like, oh, dude, something. Yeah, I love something. No problem, man. We'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, he's booked out. You know? So he's building, yeah. So the porter's building relationships with customers before they ever Even, become a barber. Yep. And they're learning. So they're learning the towels. They're learning the equipment. They're learning how to talk to people. French press coffee. Yeah. <laughs> they're at well, it, well, now, man, uh, GNB Coffee, they gave us like this whole setup. Man. I mean, they, we, wow. uh, not GNB, uh, Go Get Them Tiger. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> no, but all those guys are great, great yeah. bunch of, yes, yes, go get them. Um, great bunch of guys and they brought us like this weird it looks like a lab mm-hmm. it's like a percolator and this weird thing that puts water from one side to the other and all these things and that's i mean cool. pe- people are loving it <laughs> yeah that's that's there's so much there about the shop the vintage feel you didn't you know your your flooring i mean everything is the vibes right on i think you even have the duct work yeah uh, i think showing and you have original artwork in there mm. which is i think one of the things uh that have been uh you know, kind of an interesting point is, you know, a lot of people go out and they buy memories, right? They go and buy the the deer, mounted deer. Yeah. Not that that's not wrong. That I'm not saying it's wrong. Okay. Yeah. So if you're butt hurt because I just said it, don't <laughs> don't be. I'm just saying, you know, if you killed it, then that would probably be, you know be even cooler because then yeah. you could actually say I, you know, basically buying memories. Yeah. Uh, buying authenticity in your shop is is a hell of a shop, and as far as your your musicianship, I know you have you still taken kind of a step back from touring as much and playing or yeah yeah it's just really hard with with both sides running both sides mm-hmm. and um you know again yeah now nowadays you know people contact you all the time via email or Instagram or everything mm-hmm. you know so like I, I just can't keep up and it just it, it drains me. You know, being a family man and and um, you know running the shops and, and then still having time to do my own my, my own things like writing and mm-hmm. and all that. So it's it's kind of tough, you know. I just don't have it in me now. I can't leave for that long. Like I have a I have a tour coming up in a, in August. It's for it's a small one. It's like ten days. I think it's like nine gigs. Um, Where's that going to be? At? It's going to be in, like in uh, in Europe and and England and Ireland and. I'm uh I'm kind of nervous about it because I'm like man I haven't left by myself for this long in a while and you know um it's just I don't know I just, it, that that kind of drives me crazy because I I because it's uh, it's my place and, and I pretty much run everything mm-hmm. I, as much as I can you know I got Aria and Victor who who manage the shop and they they do a great job and all that stuff but it's still it's like it's my baby you know mm-hmm. and like I'm the one that's in charge of all these guys it's twelve of us so it's like. Me not being around makes me really nervous. <laughs> well, I also the guys there from talking because I obviously I've interviewed them extensively in the past. They have a healthy respect for you and an admiration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to because I, I one thing I didn't include. I did a little for your five year anniversary. Yeah. I did a little video, and one thing I, I didn't include. One of the things that we talked and I and I called them Omarisms. Yeah. You know. Uh, things that they were talking about that you say that you'll be like to Ari, you'll be like, oh, you're going to go, uh, 
you're going to go ride your bike with your biker gang friends or yeah. whatever when he was in a more and he starts listing all these things that you say to him that you know they're they're kind of like you know there's sar- sarcasm yeah. but it's still like uh a friendly kind of like brotherly kind of like yeah. egging on yeah but it's not like hurtful yeah it's no, not being like dick yeah and and i, I remember I, I sat there and i watched this video i watched this video clip of, of aria talking about this and just this i mean the smile on his face and i'm hmm. thinking like some people would be like oh omar's making fun of you and it's like no man and he just it was that sense of like i admire omar still mm-hmm. i admire omar for everything he's given the opportunity because that's what you've given there at the shop uh you started off first you started one chair shop mm-hmm. which i'm gonna put a picture up and so all whatever i put up on the video it'll be to your right okay so on the video it'll appear so let me put a picture up of actually i'm gonna put up the picture i did i did screenshots of the article that i did and um look at that yeah the, <laughs> Hundred pounds ago, man. Yeah, which is another <laughs> thing we didn't mention that Omar has drastically changed his lifestyle uh, to a healthy lifestyle. Because yeah. if you look here, this is—I don't know—was this 2014, maybe? Yeah, I think it was 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah 2014. And you mentioned what? Hundred pounds ago? Yeah, hundred pounds ago. Um, yeah, and here's here's what the this is the original crew, right? Yeah, the original crew there at Vinny's, um, and I, and I, I I liked it. This was one of my favorite shots because I think it captured everybody's personality in one photo you know aria's busting up victor you know he's just sitting there smiling yeah Uh, alex is always like that he's always just watching observing and listening yeah he's not a talker (laughs) and it's kind of like you're you're center stage still you Mm -hmm. know the guys i think they still look the shop whether you're there or not you're still the access Mm -hmm. you know you're still the the hub of the shop so that's one of the pictures. That's the. This was from the magazine, and if anybody wants, you could download it uh, digitally, or if you want to buy the hard copy, there's a link. Uh, and it's titled "A Barbershop Amongst Barbershops." So that's that was the title of the article. That's the first, and I want to say this is maybe the second. So there's the shop in one chair only. Oh yeah, right. And then we have another shot of the front of the shop where the the, the waiting area is and then we have omar performing and then omar in the studio uh looks like you're adjusting the mic there yeah and uh that, that's one thing too about you performing because in this picture i mean it's it's a it's a show yeah <laughs> it's not just you know a guy standing up there you know you put elvis presley to shame it makes it look <laughs> like it almost makes it look like elvis just stood there still <laughs> you know uh it's raw rock and, and that's why I think the rockabilly title mm. to me is kind of like no, this is raw rock and roll, man. It's fifties rock and roll. Yeah, uh, what what they would have probably looked at themselves as. But yeah, the shop. I mean, there's the one chair in the shop. There's yeah, no like that. I was do, I was doing haircuts there. We had no mirrors. Like there's no formica on the back bar or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so I was like. I had all my tools on, a, like one of those dinner trays that you you have, and then I <laughs> I hung up one hand mirror, mm-hmm. and I will hold the other one so like people can see. And I'm like, here, man, how do you, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, but that's like, you know, that's you know, the guys all know seeing the shop like this. It would cut. They they've been in there when it was this this bad mm-hmm. or this you know this new, and I think they started to realize like, okay, this is 
working class type people. You know, this is what we're going to do. If we, mm. we sign on to be a part of this, we're going to bust our humps. And, you know, obviously you can see there it's, 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 I mean, it was a lot of work. You know, it's not much that I have now. I mean, still 10 chairs and all that stuff, but it's, it, it's taken a lot, you know. Mm. And that's why sometimes I get really wound up when, when somebody has like a, an issue with us and they, they do, they, they slander us or, or they, you know, take it out on Yelp or something like that. It's like, you have no idea. You have no idea who we are and what mm. we're about. We're not just like this money hungry business. We do whatever we can to help people out. If you don't have money, hey, man, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying we're giving away free haircuts, but, you know, when somebody comes in and, you know, we, we all have an understanding. We all have an agreement. You mm. know, all the guys there, like the guys that, that come to work with me, we all know we're going to help each other out. And not only us, but we're going to help our, our customers out mm. because if it's not for them, I always tell them, and it's, if it wasn't for them, we it, we wouldn't be here. You know, we don't owe them anything, you know. Mm. You know, we we worked our asses off to get to where we're at right now in order for them to have a safe place to come to and, and, and feel comfortable and to give us their money, mm-hmm. you know, while we give them our goods, our good services and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your, it's what you've poured your heart and soul into. Yeah. I mean, from going, I, there's another picture. I don't have it here up here on this one, but, um, it was an empty, there was nothing. It was not a barbershop. Yeah. It wasn't like you bought, an old barbershop and you revived nah, it. There was no light fixtures. There was no, no sinks, no nothing. Yeah. It wasn't even like a revamped business that, or, you know what I mean? That was moving ready. It was then just you just put chairs in and no, it was, yeah, pretty much. And it was not, it was run down. I think the floors, you didn't have to do the floors, right? I mean, that, that's the old floor, but it was done really bad. And you can see the, the planks of the old wood floor mm-hmm. and, uh, we 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 got them redone since mm-hmm. because they were just it was just breaking off. I was like, okay, this is bad. Then there's this. I, I like one of the other ones of. I really like this picture because not only are here you with your boys uh, Vinny and Victor, and then your your wife. You guys got married in, in your barber. barbershop. Yeah, I mean that to me takes a whole I a whole new level for not only being real and not pretentious like mm. you know. Some people are like, oh, the barbershop is sacred. It's like a cathedral. I mean, you literally did it without having to publicize. Yeah. Hey, look. Look how dedicated I am to no, this it's just, craft. Uh, I mean, my wife wasn't too happy about it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I still owe her a wedding. We're going to renew our vows. And we've been talking about either Mexico or having like a big thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not religious, but we'd like to do it in a church because it's a nice setting. Yeah, you know? it's traditional. And, 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 yeah. yeah, and it feels it feels nice. Um, But... uh. To me, it was very special. And, you know, whenever she gets mad at me, she's like, yeah, you you know, the wedding and this and that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I think, like, you know what? Everything that we have, we owe to this barbershop, mm-hmm. to this building. Because you guys met. We met in, in the, the in the barbershop. Yes, I met her through, it was like, through Instagram. And she was, she does hair. And then I saw her in a magazine, and I posted a picture of that on Instagram. I'm like, hey, at Betty Combs, is this you? And that was, like, my, my way in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah. And anyway, so I was like, "Hey, you know, you want to get together? You want to meet up or something like that? You want to come check out the barbershop?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. she came over, and then right away I was like, "All right, this this is my lady right here." Yeah. That very moment, and I think she, she says she feels the same. I believe her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah. you know, we met here, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought, okay, like we owe everything, you know, and, we, and then we talked about, you know, you know, we already had a kid, you know, by then the. He was, just, you know, he was a baby. Um, 
I was like, we're supporting this kid because of this barbershop. That, like, I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this place, and it's, mm-hmm. it's keeping us alive. Not only that, but it's helping all my friends and their family survive as well. Mm-hmm. This is a special place. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? So, like I said, I still owe her a wedding, but uh, hopefully she'll come around and one day realize, like, why I would cho- choose that place, you know? It became kind of your foundation in life in general. In life, in general, man. Ever since then, like, I, you know, I stopped drinking as much. You know, I mean, I, I went sober for three years. Uh, just to kind of reboot myself and then now I'll have a drink every once in a while and every time I do I'm just kind of like that's why I do it but uh, because of the place you know I I had to turn turn my life around then I started getting really unhealthy and and, and, you know talking and meeting more people in that shop uh, I started to realize okay well I'm doing something wrong here and then I changed my life my my eating habits and and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. you know everything that's good that's been happening in my life and stability and, and everything has come from that shop. It's come from the shop. Yeah. And I like the picture of you guys all standing there yeah. uh, at your chairs, uh, except Angel, because his is a little more to the left. Um, uh, Music-wise, you want to play a couple songs, baby? Sure, yeah. All right. So what should I do, just... Just whatever, dude. Whatever, just whatever. Whatever you feel like playing and just All right. a couple and we'll be good. All right. Here's um one that I guess we'll be doing on the tour. It's one of my old ones. I'm going to jump on this highway where it's dark and cold. I'm going to find you, woman, to see where you've gone. You may run and you may hide, but I'm gonna find you tonight. Yes, I'm gonna find you tonight. When I find you, woman, you won't have nothing to say. But I do know you should be on your knees in prayer. You're gonna beg and you're gonna plead, but I'm gonna pull that trigger as I please. Yes, I'm gonna pull that trigger as I please They're gonna put me in this prison They're gonna tie me up with chains But you're the one who's gone insane Because you ran and you hid But I'll never regret what I did Yes, I'll never regret what I did That was good. That was real good. Matter of fact, I was thinking about there was a song that you told me you did. Um, I think about your because you, I mean you were you had issues with substances. I mean drug yeah. drugs. Let's just yeah. call them what they were. Yeah, well, pharmaceuticals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was you went through a lot. I mean, like you were saying earlier about the shop represents kind of like your life in a nutshell, in a way of. Not to sound cheesy, but the sense of redemption in life. Yeah. Right? Because not everybody's going to do that, man. Not everybody's going to survive Yeah, living a crazy lifestyle. Yeah, man. <laughs> drinking and substance abuse or drugs or whatever you want to call them. Um, do you remember what song it was you said? You said something that was... Well, there's one that I wrote and uh, it's funny. I'm, 
I rode it on a car ride back, and Carlos Carlos Gomez actually was driving us back. We went uh, had a birthday party, my birthday party at my brother's house in Marietta, and uh, man, I got really hammered, and I was like taking oxycodone, mm-hmm. and um, so it was a mess. Like I made my mom cry. It was just a disaster. So I wrote a song, and it was called uh, "Wasting My Time," and you know people seem to really like it because it's like a beat, but the lyrics are pretty. They're simple, but they're meaningful, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I hope that people listen to it and kind of think like, oh, man, I felt like that before, you know, or, oh, man, like, that must have been a shitty night. <laughs> well, another thing that I didn't mention was that the influence you've had in my life mm. has been, I I don't, I don't I don't think I've ever told you, it really has impacted me uh, because, you know, you've gone through a lot physically. Yeah. Pain-wise, injuries, and all that other stuff. Uh, but has really, really impacted me. I could say probably most than anybody I've ever met. Wow. Because, <laughs> no, I mean, it really That's has. Great, I, I think even one time you called me. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, you know, it was like a one-on-one intervention about <laughs> what, whatever I was doing. I remember that day. I was actually, I, I know what street I was on when I called <laughs> you because I was thinking about you. Yeah, and you were like, uh, you know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But... You know, it took a while, right, mm-hmm. because of everything that I was going through to finally come to the breaking point, you know, because I guess everybody, not, not I can't say everybody, because some people fucking won't break. Mm-hmm. They will just drive themselves into the ground. Yeah. Uh, but you, you shared with me, and then the subsequent times we would meet up or whatever, and you'd be like, talking about how you change your lifestyle, your eating habits, and I saw the transformation, Mm-hmm. I mean, it was powerful. I mean, I was admiring it. I was like, like you were saying earlier, we were talking off camera. You're like, I do X, I do all these exercises and I'm not losing any weight, right? Yeah. And that's what kind of what I was doing. Yeah. Right? I'm, I was hel- at least physically. Yeah, just active. doing everything that, that you, you've been told all your life. Like, mm-hmm. you do this and do that. Yeah. And I was all into the processed foods yeah. and, you know, steak as big as my plate and, you know. Yeah. And, and then and then you go to supplements so just to buy more stuff. Yeah. Because I'm not eating mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to. So I'm going to buy pills to supplement mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be eating. And so not only have you influenced my dietary, yeah. <laughs> you know, the stuff I eat now, which I'm about 75 to 85% vegetarian. I yeah. still enjoy red meat very rarely but i still enjoy it yeah but it makes it that much better right like when you do have it it's just like it's delicious the way you remembered it yeah yeah. and it's not like a thing that you just do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like oh it's sunday let's go i guess let's have a carne asada then yeah yeah it works yeah where where it's just the same thing over and over and it it is become a healthier and i gotta thank you for that because uh you know you're welcome man thank you for hearing me out so, so yeah i mean that's the thing is when if people can communicate to each other out of being genuine mm-hmm. you weren't being all preachy like dude fuck that you didn't know in all these studies and let me tell you the facts and you know yeah. you didn't tell me all these documentaries to watch and yeah yeah no and it's and, and that's the thing uh, a lot of my friends get annoyed when i say something but when i hear somebody a friend that i love like mm-hmm. you know all the people who know me know that i have a big heart i may be like cynical or like uh, all these things but they know that I, I, I always want the greater good for all my people. Mm-hmm. And if I hear you complain enough, I'm going to say, hey, maybe try to not do that then because every time it's not working mm-hmm. and they get mad. And it's like, OK, then then don't tell me because it makes me mad to hear that my friend is killing himself mm-hmm. one way or the other. Not like literally killing himself, but like like you're hurting yourself. 
mm-hmm. all day long and I have to hear it. And if I mention one thing, like you want me to shut up, that's not, how does that work? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's the truth. I think it's the truth that bothers a, a individual yeah. because you're calling, you're not, you're not like, you know, having this like confrontation, it's not confrontational. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Was, when somebody says like, oh man, my drink is getting in control. I don't say like, yeah, because you're freaking lush. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, well, what's, what's making you drink? Why are you doing it? Why'd you do it mm-hmm. last night? Yeah. And like, well, what's it to you? And like, no, let's just get down to the bottom of yeah. it. You and I, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, you, you already you, mentioned you, it. You, you're the one who opened that door, man. Yeah. That's the thing is you didn't pry. You didn't, none of this, with me at least, you didn't pry into my life. Yeah. You weren't like, fuck, what's, what's really going on with you? It wasn't that. It was things you observed mm-hmm. or I would share like, hey, you know, whatever at the moment mm-hmm. was going on physically as I was degrading. I mean, I was literally falling apart quickly yeah and i didn't realize it and you you're and you weren't doing anything wrong man you yeah. were just doing what people would tell you that mm-hmm. you should do like take this and take that mm-hmm. and you know and try not eating this and try eating that even though it's like well scientifically it's proven that mm-hmm. what they're telling you is wrong but you know we as humans we don't really take the time to do research on our own self dude diet never entered my mind as mm-hmm. a possible so at least something to alleviate mm-hmm. the issue yeah. I never once considered that. Yeah, that the w- things I was eating it was was part of the issue. Mm-hmm. That ca- you could because sometimes you lose control, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with pain or anxiety, because it everything kind of becomes it's part all, of it. Yeah, and it's all tied. In, it's all tied in together. Yeah. It, it like spirals. Yeah, and so the one thing if you could control is our diets. Yeah, to go. I'm going to take an, even though this body and my mind yeah. <laughs> are going out of control. Yeah. I can do one thing, and that's to control my diet. And it gives you a, a sense of feeling better because you are able to do at least one thing that because ev- everything else is out of fucking control. You know, it's funny that we as people, we want everything the normal or natural way, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to food, we don't give a shit. A lot of the times, you know, people, mm-hmm. whether you're pro-GMOs or non-GMO or whatever, people don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like if you say like, I feel like having some chips, right? Nobody will sit there and be like, all right, you know what? Instead of going to the store and buying some chips, I'm going to slice up some potatoes, put some peanut oil in a mm-hmm. pan and fry these fuckers and put yeah, some yeah. salt on them. No. And because I'll tell you why. People are, one, they're lazy. Number two, mm-hmm. by the time they're done frying those things, they're not going to eat them. You know, because mm-hmm. they're already done and exhausted with it. You know, they'll rather go buy these like fake chips and eat that and put that in the hole that enters your body that to me it, it like i didn't realize before i started doing all this research on on on, on what i eat and stuff mm-hmm. like that i didn't realize like dude that's the we have the skin to protect us like when we're outside and the sun is beaming and sunblock if you put sunblock on to protect the skin right or you throw on some clothes to, you know to not get those rays mm-hmm. inside of you and stuff like that but you're actually opening up the one gaping hole mm-hmm. in your body that gets it inside and you put trash in it and exactly. fake fake stuff in it. I just it blows me away. Yeah, if you listen, you got to listen to your body too, right? Yeah. When you start have there's something. It's like a machine. The body's a machine. Yeah. Well, like with the pain, like you know how you were saying about pain, your body, if you're not taking care of it, like by eating well, and I'm not saying going vegan or vegetarian or anything like that. I'm just saying take it easy on mm-hmm. yourself. Think about what you're gonna eat. Yeah. Um, your body's trying to process. So it's already overworking itself. It's like, say if you had no pain at all and you were like a super fit person, but you're still eating really bad, your body's working so much extra, like so extra yeah. to, to do something with that f- 
processed fake foods that it's already like tired. It's mm-hmm. already tired. Like, I mean, what happens if you eat like, if you say, screw it, I'm going to have McDonald's. You get tired. You're sleepy. You want to sleep it off, right? Because it's doing something. So now imagine with any kind of like hardship going on inside your body, like your back or your arm or mm-hmm. your shoulder that you've broken or whatever, then it's adding to that. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think those, that's, it's almost a, a sense of like rethinking how you look at life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not like you. I don't go to the gym. Obviously, I can't. Yeah. But whether it's stretching or exercise, or yoga. Yeah. You know, which is something you had brought up to me again too. You're like, oh, you know, I hadn't done it since college. And yeah. You you told me about you know your experience, and obviously, I even filmed you mm-hmm. uh, doing yoga. Yeah. And you talked. About, I mean, you were just talking. I wasn't asking any questions during that segment, that video, that footage that we shot at your house. Yeah. And you were just talking, and I'm and I'm. You didn't realize like you're talking to me, or maybe you thought I'm going to tell this guy. I but, was just I, I was just talking. Yeah, you were talking <laughs> about just everything that it does for you, and and you know the, the pain and everything that you've gone through, and it decompresses you and your stress, and mm-hmm. because some things were out of control. Um. So, if you could play that song that we were talking about, Wasting yeah, Your Time, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. Ah, oh, here we go. Just sitting here and waiting, wasting my time. Now I know I'm gonna look the hose in my mind. Well, I'm back in this bottle. Well, I'm back in this room. A room so cold and dark, it'll give you the blues. How nervous I feel. I made a big mess. I'm gonna do something, baby, gonna make me be missed. Make a miss me. My hands are shaking, my knees are so weak. I'm gonna do something, baby, gonna make you weep. I'm gonna open up this bottle I'm gonna take another sip Cause I'm sailing away, honey On a broken hearted ship Oops <laughs> That was great Thanks, man I, And though that's um, original song Yeah Both of those, yeah Which is, you know, for musicians Or in, in anything, man Anything, barbering, tattooing Whatever it is Cooking, yeah. chefs, culinary, blah, 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 whatever. Mixologist. Yeah, all the good stuff. Man. To do something that's your own, your own fingerprint, nobody can sit there and say that's theirs. Yeah. You know, that that's that's another another level of life, of living. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the, that song comes from a bad memory. But I think if, if just like you share, if it can help somebody mm-hmm. to maybe think, you know, I, I, I'm not one, like in the intro, I talked a little because I hadn't for a few episodes about how I'm feeling and what's going mm-hmm. on because I, I didn't I didn't want to bog 
people down. You know, if people are going to tune in the podcast, I don't I'm like, fuck, this guy's talking about his back again yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But it, every and I talked about it for a few episodes, but I figured, you know what? I just want to, if it can just maybe one person out there, man. You know, it, that's, that's an important thing. If, if people feel that they're not alone, whether it's drinking or mm-hmm. a back problem or anxiety, you know, anxiety, depression. any kind of thing, any kind of thing, like, oh man, I'm overeating or, or I'm not eating enough or whatever the problem may be or like oh man i'm spending too much money on my car am i that empty am i that only one out there who's just blowing his savings on this motorcycle or bicycle or whatever it may be if more people hear it it's it it, it, it empowers them it makes them feel like you know okay i'm not alone i'm mm-hmm. not a loser i'm not weird you know i'm not the only one and, and we all know that we're not the only ones but at you know when it gets pretty heavy you feel like you're the only one mm-hmm. you know you know, especially with with that kind of stuff. Like, there's one guitar player. Um, he's he's in Austin, Texas now. He's, he's I mean, I think he's great. You know, and he had substance problems too, and all that stuff. And I, ha- I remember having a conversation with him once, and uh, you know, he he kind of made me feel bad, only because of my own guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking to me, and he wasn't saying anything condescending or anything. Like, he's a lovely man. I really respect him a lot. And uh, but I felt kind of bad, so I was like, you know what? I'll stop whenever I'm ready. So I'm like sitting there drinking away. And this is, I think it was like Las Vegas or something like that. And I remember here's Monday, right? Monday morning, I have to drive back and I'm driving, I'm driving and I'm feeling like crap. I'm feeling depressed and weird. And like, I didn't do anything. I think I pissed off some friends the night on Sunday night. I think I even pissed off the promoter for being an idiot, you know? And here I am, dude, I had to pull over. Because I'm feeling so sick, I had to throw up. And it was like one of these like rundown gas stations. And I'm on my hands and knees with my shirt off. And I, and I performed that night. And there was like, we had a lot of people at the show. And they're watching us and, you know, shaking hands with me. And, and all that stuff. And it was great. And I thought to myself, like, here I am, dude. Like shirtless. Like sitting. My knees were on piss, you mm-hmm. know, on the floor. And I'm throwing up my guts. I said, what am I doing? And then I started thinking about, he was telling me a similar story. And I was like, okay, like, I got to slow this thing down. Mm-hmm. I got to pull it back. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for him sharing that, I, I wouldn't have, I would have felt alone and ashamed. And I'd probably gone back once I got into LA, I would have started drinking that night. But mm-hmm. instead I said, you know what? I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to power through it. You know, instead of getting some micheladas or whatever, yeah. I said, I'm going to power through it. And then it, that, that for a while kept me, kept me going, you know, all because of that conversation mm. of somebody telling me, being vulnerable and, t- and telling me like, hey man, I've, I've dealt with this too. Yeah. You know, and, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of my friends get annoyed and all that stuff. But eventually, sometimes they come around and they ask me more questions, you know, and, you know, any of my friends are listening or, or people that come across me. If you ever hear me say anything, it's only because you're the one who brought up the point. You're the one who who's complaining. Yeah, you're not being nosy. You're I'm not, not being you're not, no, I'm not nosy. being nosy with that kind of no. stuff, you know. And I think people should take should should take that into regard, you know, because it is their life. You can damage it. You can beat your body down. And if you want to continue to ignore the signs, our body tells us, stop doing it. Stop doing whatever it is, whether it's diet or substance abuse, alcohol, whatever. Our body is designed to to, to give warning, just like a fever, right? Fever gives us a sign of there's an infection. Our body's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, Or just like a car when it's overheating. It tells you to pull over. 
Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you go run and take your car to the mechanic because you care about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, like your body. Yeah. See, that's just going back to that. Uh, yeah. It blows you into our, our human reactions. I don't know if it's machismo. You know what I mean? It could be. This is the way we got brought up because I was still, uh, I grew up in the age where my dad's like, I'll walk it off or whatever. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, or maybe they're just feeling the sense of that they're in control already until yeah. they, until you lose it, until yeah. you lose it and it breaks. And then like I was sharing earlier with you without getting too much detail, it was, it was really tough. It's been really tough <laughs> yeah. for me because you feel that there's, a, you have no control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have, I will show you for those of you who don't know, I did a film. I'm not sure what we're going to do with it, but we'll talk Omar, Omar and I will talk a little bit of details afterwards, but I did a film. There's, I had the idea actually we met at dinner once and that was another time I was yeah. not in good shape, but, um, we met up and I think just in talking, we were at uh, bizarre capital here eating. And I, I mentioned, I, I don't know how I was talking about Rick's a lot wild bills, barbershop up in Lindsay, California. Yeah. And I just kept talking and talking about this little small farm town, 13,000 people on two lane highway past Bakersfield, made Bakersfield look like the big city. And then the idea came to me because I just in talking to you about your life and the busyness and the, intensity of mm-hmm. hey let me film both these guys and we had a few ideas that uh, didn't work out at the time but so i ended up filming you i went filmed his life you know yeah farm little town life and then i filmed your life uh here in la yoga studio fast paced yeah, yeah. And, and i interviewed people in your life um we still probably could do a little more with it we'll talk later but I'd like to show you, this is the teaser. I'm hoping I get to play the audio. If not, I'll start it over again. And then we'll be able to play it. We'll find out. Nope. Let me start that over. Horse. Did you turn off the main sound on that? For some reason, it's when all else fails, restart. So I'm going to restart my computer because I want you to see this here. It's intense. Technology, you got to love it. See, this is totally an unscripted show. Because if I had that written down, it would say works perfectly, but it doesn't say anything on here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another water? Uh, no, I'm fine. Matt, can you give me one? Yeah, don't throw it. My luck, you're going to hit me in the face. <laughs> Matt, I actually met him. We had Mig's whiskey here and... Um, Another uh, guitarist, Diego, Vicious G. And Matt came as their photographer. And um, I told him, I said, hey, do you want to, you know, learn film work? You want to learn photography? And he was like, yeah. So we've done uh, a few things together. And so. So you have an apprentice as well. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah you, don't like, you don't like to. Yeah. Just, it, but you pretty much. Yeah. He's learning. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he, he gets to be my arms and my legs and my back because yeah. 
I can't lug that stuff, but he's learning. You know, he's learning the gear and learning how to to do. Let's see, I don't know what's going on. Let's see. Well, if it doesn't play, I'm going to play it for everybody after. I'll put it on here. There it is. Did you hear that? Yeah. We heard you clap. All righty. So now we apparently have the audio figured out. So Omar will get to watch it. You'll be able to just don't throw anything if you don't like it at me. <laughs> just throw the table over. Homer playing his stupid guitar. <laughs> is Omar Romero and we're inside of Benny's Barbershop. The community here uh, on this side of Silver Lake, the dark side of Silver Lake, when it first opened up there was a lot of resistance from the people because they thought I was just a, it was just, first of all it's just like another whoever, whatever, opening up a shop that was going to fail. What I like about barbering is that, that you can get somebody to come in feeling down, feeling ugly or, uh, you know, down on luck and all that stuff, and you can make them feel great, at least with that, you know, sitting around, you know, having a laugh, getting a decent haircut. There's been a lot of changes in my life uh, recently, and uh, it's been hard work, but I mean, I guess, I guess that's what, that's what they say that life is, but uh, we expanded the, the, the shop last year, and it's been going well. So, like, everything is good, it looks good on paper, it's just, uh, you know, it's been pretty heavy. Don't have time for friends. Don't have time for for a simple lunch or a meeting with anybody else. Like, and every any second that I can get for myself or for the family, I feel guilty because I have to do other things. And so I mean, the, the changes have been really good, but uh, could use a little break from time. <laughs> That's actually on the road, right off the side of the road. To the small farm town. Yeah. My name is Rick Lofton. Uh, we're in the city of Lindsay, California. We're mainly a farm-based uh, community, farm, farm-working-based community. There's lots of agriculture in this area. day-to-day -day life, normal. 11 to 12,000 people um, farm community and primarily the farming that goes on just right in and around Lindsay is citrus and olives. What, what did you think? Give me, give me the. Oh man, it's really cool. You know, it. I, I mean, obviously, obviously, you can always see that. I get so nervous around cameras. I start mm -hmm. doing weird things with my face, and <laughs> but um, it's cool, man. I, you know, whenever we're doing 
any kind of filming of any kind. I just feel so nervous and I'm like, nobody cares. But it looks really good, man. It's, it's pretty interesting. So it's funny too because it's one one state and it's two extremely different worlds. It's mm-hmm. like polar opposites or whatever. Like, you know, they're farming. Not like I'm down here vegan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I, I remember like you were talking about the going up there and they're going to slaughter a pig and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I can't be a part of that. Now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to see it. I don't want, that's why I don't eat it. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I can't kill a pig. I, I don't deserve to eat it. Well, I, I, for me, the, the story, it still resonates because you're here in Southern California, Los Angeles, and I think it's I think nine or thirteen million people in mm-hmm. the county, and you know there are thirteen thousand people, and the f- it's there's so many similarities in the the things you guys both go through. Mm-hmm. You know that's the one thing I got to see is you guys be honest with the camera and with me. And so I see the same. You guys are in two different locations, right? You guys, mm. well, now you guys have the, what is it? The You said the coffee company. Yeah. You know, and they just have like an old water stained, yeah. <laughs> you know, coffee thing. But it, there's so many similarities still apart from that. You yeah. know, maybe, yeah, maybe you're, you're vegan uh, and they're obviously meat eaters. And mm. The deer mounted is deer he killed in the mountains. Yeah, you know, and I, I have respect yeah. for that. You know what I mean? Like, like I said earlier, I don't, yeah. Yeah. No, but it still to me was that sense of it's still there's two worlds, but it's there's a oneness still. Mm-hmm. You know, family, customers, community, mm-hmm. it still exists, yeah. and it all exists around barbering. And so, to me, was doing these two worlds. It's not the the, the vegan part to me is like a a side mm-hmm. issue, kind of or a side story. Yeah, but the main story is because you would probably find there's so many. Yeah, yeah the, the, the core the core is the same you know oh. uh yeah so you know this is the first time i've ever seen rick and uh i, I couldn't picture him at all mm-hmm. and, and it's really cool to see that man because it's like yeah there is a lot of things you know and i can tell that he's you know working class as well he's just trying to keep his family together and and then keep the shop open it's, it's a place that everybody can meet and you know, kind of unwind, you know, the usual thing, you know, I don't want to sound too cliche, but it's the truth, man. That's what barbershops, that's why they have that stereotype, right? Because it really does happen, mm-hmm. you know, no, and that's and really cool. It's really cool, man. It's really cool to see it because you, you, you explained it to me, but my mind's always a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put it, I couldn't piece it together. But now that I see it, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a good. Like that little hill, the one where him and his son are standing over. Yeah, that's so great. That literally, you can see the edge of town. Mm-hmm. You can see the next town. You can see the town north and south of there. You can yeah. see Exeter, and I can't remember the name of it, Porterville. Okay. The bigger towns. Yeah. You can see them in the distance. And then you just see the edge of town and then groves. Yeah. And you want to talk about organic, healthy living. I mean, even for them, the fruit, the, the we, we in the, the shot of us driving, when he's in the car mm-hmm. driving, there's all orange groves. And that's like on his street to his house. Yeah. It's yeah. not a journey to some cool orchard where you can yeah. pay and go pick. Yeah, it, it's it, the the. It's not food. a novelty thing. Oh it's no, just, their their food. That's life. It's just their day. Their food, like the pig and all that, they raise them, mm. non genetically modified. Yeah, yeah, No antibiotics. Yeah, and and he teaches his son and see it may be different dietary, but the principles are the there's same. Values. There's values. Values. There. The I same mean, yeah, thing. Like, care for something. Care for your body. Care for what you put in. Yeah. You know that. I mean, like I said, you know. 
um, I, I can respect that. You know, I, yeah. I never, I don't ever think that everybody should eat vegan, yeah. but I think they should eat more vegetables and fruit yeah. for sure with your meat, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, whenever I do get into it though with people, it's just like these guys that call me a pussy <laughs> and it's like, did you go kill that at Albertsons? Yeah. You know, did you go hunt that down at Food for Less? Your pack of bacon? Like, like the, I like the oh yeah, like I like the story. He um, one day he goes, oh I have some uh, I have some uh, bear meat, mm-hmm. and I said bear meat. He goes, yeah. He goes, we got a call. We're at the shop, and uh, his compadre called and said, hey, there's a bear in the orchard in my house. Mm-hmm. You got to come. We got to kill this because it was a th- it was a threat. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a joy hunt. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like a trophy situation. It was. This is a danger. It's in town. We got to kill it. Mm-hmm. They killed it. And well, we can't let the meat go to waste. Let's, you know, partition it out yeah. to each other. To me, it was almost there's that sense of a dignity to the animal because they it's they didn't do it for the joy of it. Yeah. Like you're saying, they didn't go pick up a pack yeah. of something that's been probably artificially colored yeah. to look like what it's supposed to in its yeah. natural state. There's not an abuse, in other words, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, that's that film, and uh, we'll talk more off camera. And everybody, or the people that I have shown it to, uh, everybody's like, they're really, oh, man, they're, because there's nothing, nothing like it. And mm. it's the stories. Your guys' story. See, that's the thing is your lives, it's transparent enough to hopefully inspire others. Mm-hmm. It's not a barber a barber documentary or film. No, it's like it, you said, it's like values or like, mm-hmm. you know, the... You know, stuff, stuff that, I don't know, it feels like nowadays that people, people are not, I don't know, they're forgetting the roots or, or like what's important, you know? They're not being just, real. No, it's just stuff. Oh, that's another point I wanted to make. I really like doing working with you with these kind mm-hmm. of things or like in the camera, with the cameras and stuff. Like even though I still look uncomfortable or look... I const- thought you looked really comfortable, by const- the way. Constipated and weird. <laughs> no. But... um. I like it because you know you don't ask me to do anything silly or douchey or to sell it. We don't script. You don't script, yeah. Anything. And I and I really dig that. I really dig that. That's why, like, when I was doing the yoga, I liked it. You just let me talk, mm-hmm. you know, or say what I need to say, or you never, you know, never stop me. It's just like, if I have a rant, you let me have my rant, and mm-hmm. I and I dig it, you know. And that's mm-hmm. it's it's real. That's what we need, you know, because nowadays you have all, all this reality TV that's mm-hmm. all scripted. You have all this stuff. Documentaries do the same. Yeah, it's a lot doc- of yeah. people. Okay, except for like no, like those those, those wild ones that we did for mm-hmm. uh, with Wild Records. Mm-hmm. That, that was just us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can see, man. There's a lot of hardship throughout the whole thing. Um, but that was that one was cool because you know it was a big production and stuff like that. But you know, you, you I like that you're not trying to sell it. You mm-hmm. you just you're just letting it speak for itself, and that's that's what we need in this world now. We need to go back to basics, man. You know, if you, if something's going to be interesting, let it be interesting. Don't mm-hmm. make it interesting by you know fabricating this like cool storyline. Yeah. Can you get in an argument with your wife so I can film it and then yeah, yeah, make no. up later? And that's it's storytelling for me. It's I don't craft the story. I I just I find my I, what I like to think of myself as probably the best jigsaw puzzle assembler ever mm-hmm. i just find the pieces and put them together yeah i don't give script i don't i've never done that i, I find that uncomfortable i think at times maybe i'll tell somebody can you make that movement again or can you stop so i can yeah, get a fit yeah. which is normal man that's part of cinematography yeah it's gotta have some but uh your guys's lives uh and i take a great responsibility with everything that you guys trust me with mm-hmm. because i know at the end of the day 
you still have to look at your wife. You still have to look at your kids and your barbers. And you guys all still need to function. I don't need, this isn't TMZ. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not about that. I'm not about putting people's, even if people do share, which I've had happen in, a, in one of the films I did. I had somebody mm. share because they felt so comfortable around me. They shared some things that at the moment I thought, oh my God, this is there's intensive. no way I could use this. Yeah. Because it's going to hurt his wife, his kids. Even though it's part of his story, but it's not essential. Yeah. I'm not about like, let's. Yeah, most people would just dig that and oh, take, yeah. take it and be like, oh my God, this is going to be so Dude, good. That's for the that's for the trailer. People, yeah. You know? People love hearing other people's misfortunes. Cause and they, that's so yeah. sickening to me. It's like, listen to somebody. Like, you think I'm annoying because I'm telling you, like, I used to do this. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe try doing that. That's that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you out. I'm not just giving you my dirt so you can feel better about your own life. Yeah. Or see dirt to be like a, a voyeur. Yeah. A voyeur of other people's misery. Yeah. And I don't. And that's why I'm excited. And like I said, we'll talk some more about that. Uh, have you had a good time? Yeah, man. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I, I. And you know what? I, I sincerely... I. I know a lot of people today, probably when they text or call, they're like, hey, bro, hey, brother. To mm-hmm. me, when I call you that, I sincerely feel that bond with you. Uh, so don't ever feel like. Yeah, no, you no. You know what I mean? I, I, I want you to feel that, th- no, this is the, I'm really genuinely yeah. feel that, uh, you know, admiration and friendship and relationship with you that, uh, you know, we've worked on several things, the magazine, photo shoots, the film. And I hope to continue working with you in the future. Yeah, man. The feelings are mutual, man. I, I really respect you and I, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you in my life, man. I think you're a good person. And, and thank you very much for all you've done. I'd like to give you a shirt. All right. Uh, a, a Lodgecast uh, t-shirt. Hell yeah. Uh, that way, uh, if you need to cut the sleeves off or whatever, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Cut uh, it into a deep V. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-drift. Yeah, this is great, man. Thank you so much. Uh, that's the LodgeCast t-shirt. So uh, we'll be wrapping it up then. Um, so remember, you could check this out on our website, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Blurberry, gentlemensavenue.com forward slash the LodgeCast, uh, Instagram at LodgeCast, Twitter at the LodgeCast. So until next time, be well, my friends.